Hello and welcome to the Man vs Fat podcast. This is episode 26 um, and today I have a guest host. The reason for this I'll tell you in a moment, but my guest host is none other than Ross Hunter. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm alright, I'm alright, a bit rushed. I, I kind of forgot this was going on so I rushed over as quick as I could, but we got here, we were, everything's ready. Hey listen, if she was, if she was around he'd tell you oh. that all the podcasts are a bit rushed. <laughs> I might be letting a bit more information than I should have right there, but I don't know. Um, so, as you know, Ross Hunter, first one, uh, first ever podcast. Yeah, first one. I was the first one. I was the first interviewee, wasn't I? That's it, that's it. And um, so, we're going to have you back again on the, um, Saint, uh, not St. George's Park, it's the Etihad uh, campus. Yeah, looking forward to that, that should be a good day. So, we're going to be walking around interviewing every person that wants to come and obviously, you know, tell us their story, uh, journey, transition, whatever you want to call it. But we're going to move on now without further ado, um, because this is quite an extensive podcast and I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. A lot, yeah. Um, We have one of the most prestigious guests of Man vs. Fat, um, none other than Stuart Normansell. Hello. Hello. Hello, Stuart. I've taught you well, Roman. That was a really good introduction. (laughs) Of course, of course. Which feels really odd. So I've got Stu now on my desk chair, um, and it feels like he's a mastermind. So we're going to give him a fair few questions, um, and just basically let him talk about his journey uh, at Man vs. Fat. So, Ross, okay, I'm going to go over to you now because I think you. what 26 episodes or 25 episodes of this. So I think you need to practice. Um, <laughs> What's he saying about you? I'm welcome. No, especially, especially if we're going to go to uh, to you know the next level uh, when we're doing a, a, few, a you know walk round next time. But also, again, I'm a sound man, technical man, so I've got to make sure the levels are fine because you've probably just heard dead a bit of cracklage <laughs> as we're laughing a bit. So yeah, put my levels up because my my voice is really always quiet. On it is normally quite quiet. Yeah, on isn't it? I'm very softly spoken, as you know, Roman. Yeah, Roman <laughs> Ross. <laughs> on the football pitch was that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Ross. So let's go. So thank you for inviting me, Stu. Much, thank you. Much appreciate. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, it's a great idea. We came up with this idea. It's uh, immense. <laughs> you know, I won't ask the ego question then, will I? <laughs> Go for it. Grill me, so boys. So, you actually gave me free reign, to be fair. I did. You told me to go and ask every, all those questions that I probably think might tickle your bones in a way or and hit you hit you in other places that you shouldn't be hit. Yeah. Um, so, I really wanted to kind of ask some questions because you obviously done a lot of the questions asking people them about their times. I didn't really want to stick too much to them. Obviously, these are the typical questions that you're going to get. Yeah. But asking that kind of thing, I wanted people to understand and get to know you a bit and really just kind of go from the start and go all the way through to where we are today. Good. So, and talk about Good. your journey. So, tell us about your growing up. What was what was your kind of family life like? What was your working life like? Right, Things like right that. in the fields there. Yeah, we're going straight, straight on. I had a great upbringing um, I really did um, you know got a sister uh, parents were together for a long time if you know uh, growing up like good family life went on holiday once a year and um, yeah nice. good happy childhood good so about your working life then working life uh, you, you were quite an interest every time I talk to you you always tell me about a yeah, different job I've, I've kind of done every job under the sun to be honest his CV is like 16 pages long <laughs> yeah I kind of done every job so I left school with like nothing like seriously didn't apply myself um, 
It's weird. I was talking about this because I was on a lady of the week. I was talking about it with my mum because my mum lives in Spain, so we go over there and see her a couple of times a year. Uh, and we were just we're having a drink. We were just talking about like my education uh, coming up. And I, and I went to a decent school. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. Uh, and yeah, we were just talking. About, and my mum was like, we kind of knew that you wouldn't come out with any GCSEs in a way because very early on uh, in my education the teachers said that I wouldn't apply myself not necessarily because I was lazy um, because I'm the kind of person that if you don't grab me if it doesn't interest me I do not want to know so I would have conversations with teachers about subjects that I was interested in and I'd be really engaged with them and I could you know list off facts and yeah. all that kind of thing but when they were teaching me about something that I wasn't interested in, unless it, they grabbed me, and there was certain subjects that grabbed me, uh, P was one of them, geography was one of them, yeah. that surprisingly enough were the two GCSEs that I came out with. Um, but unless you, you grabbed me, I, that was it, I'll just dismiss it. Um, so yeah, so I literally left school with absolutely... So what did you want to be when you were growing up? Well, if you could have been anything, what was your dream? Uh, I wanted to be a secret agent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I used to say all the time. What? So, yeah, I wanted to be a secret agent, like up until the age of like maybe eleven, going to high school, um, and there was a time as well that like, I think. Sorry, Roman's gone. <laughs> you went, you've gone early, here, Ron. You've gone early. Yeah, what a secret agent. Like yeah. nobody says, you were like, but the, your face was stone cold. Yeah, so when he said, like, like genuine, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a job for me, man. I want to be a spy. Um, I think I watched some of the James Bond films when I was growing up, and there was a time as well that like, I can remember, like. Really early, on, I was just obsessed with diggers. I wanted to be a digger man. I was like, I want to be a digger man. And that was it. Diggers I just wanted to be a digger. And, and to be fair, I still have a little obsession with diggers. Like, you know, when you're driving down the road and you see, like, a big digger, like, I literally, like, slow down. And, oh, so you've crazy. never been to Diggerland? No. I wanted to go to Diggerland and we stag do, but we went to Prague instead. But, yeah. <laughs> if we were going to be in the UK, I was like, yeah, definitely go to Diggerland. No wait, wait, what's Diggerland? Literally, like, a theme park with diggers. Yeah. And <laughs> this exists. This is true. Yeah, it's in, it's in North Yorkshire somewhere. Um, yeah, it's Diggerland. And you just get on diggers and just have a, an amazing day on diggers. He might call it amazing. Sorry, Diggerland. Apologies. Yeah, so we just, <laughs> just, just plugged in at Diggerland. Diggerland, send us some tickets. That's it. We've got to go see you. And what, what's going to happen is Stu is going to pretend he's a secret agent undercover yeah, obviously. as a digger driver. So have you ever seen, like, um, there, was a, there was a Bond film, might have been Casino Royale, where... Uh, obviously he's James Bond and at one point he gets on a crane and he goes past diggers that was like like porn to me like <laughs> wow there's a secret agent and a digger in the same shot so I was like this is amazing but yeah so I was like I wanted to be a secret agent <laughs> weird um, and do you know what when it really came time to decide I probably didn't want to be anything I couldn't have, I couldn't have told you and I can't tell you I can't even tell you now I envy them people that know I didn't know I was one of those kids that didn't have a clue I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I've kind yeah. of just stumbled through my career, to be fair. I'm uh, exactly the same. I'm exactly, if you can call it a career, but I'm exactly the same. It's like, you just stumble from, I just stumble from one job to the next, really. Um, like I say, I left school with absolutely nothing, so college was, I probably could have gone to college and done like a vocational course, but I was a bit like, I think by 16 I'd found drinking and I was a bit like, you know, I want to earn a bit of money, so I started working at a hotel, 17. Um, which was interesting to say the least, uh, and I ended up behind a bar at this hotel, and that's where I was like, "Oh, man, this is for me," you know. 
Uh, if anybody knows from who's from the Northwest, Bedbury Hall Hotel, it's like <laughs> it's legendary. Um, it's got a nightclub next to it, so I, I ended up working in that nightclub like at a really young age. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, left there because you know you just do think I'm probably too many late mornings trying to get in, and they were like, listen, you got to leave or you're going to be booted. Um, I worked at a tile shop for a bit. Hated that. Um, but then when I was working at the tile shop, I was like, uh, oh, do you know, I want to get back into working behind the bars. I thought, I'll get a bit of extra money, you know, work a couple of days a week. Uh, and I started a, a pub called Sounds Bar. Surprisingly enough, we are sat in it right now oh, because okay. Roman lives in what used to be the pub. I do, I do. We're, we're in the, uh, we're actually uh, the office of the manager right now, aren't we? Mm. And bedroom is actually the paint store. Yeah, so oh, we're okay. actually in it, so... Which is really weird. How weird is that? Like we, that is pretty we, we asked that question and we're like sitting there now. <laughs> yeah, so I worked. I worked here in Robin's house. So yeah, I worked. I worked here and I just fell in love with the trade then. And, and I'd worked then. I just bounced about for a bit working. Um, I worked for Weatherspoons for quite a while. Uh, I went to run a pub in London for a bit. That was really interesting. That was good. Um, worked at another couple of hotels along the way. All bar work then. Yeah, all oh, bar cool. work, running pubs. Uh, yeah, I kind of miss it a little bit, but then don't. I had, eventually, I had um, I had my own pub, so I was um, at twenty. I think I was about twenty-two. I basically um, bought a franchise of a pub, which was like a stone throw from where we are now, yeah. down the other end of the town, uh, called Chestergate. Uh And obviously, a twenty-two-year-old. I could run a pub. I was quite good at running a pub, to be honest. Uh, you know, I was good in the kitchen. I could I could produce you a, a menu that was nice, cost effective, tasty food. Uh, but I couldn't run a business. So at twenty two, when the tax man and the VAT man comes knocking and says, "Oh yeah, have you got me some VAT contribution?" And I'm like, uh, "No." <laughs> <laughs> maybe this. Maybe I should have listened in school. Uh, yeah. So I did. So basically, after nearly two years. Yeah, I just I had to give the franchise back, which is what I did. And if I'm honest, that massively, massively affected me, okay. big style. Um, I struggled for years to get over that. Still, probably part of me, I think, um, probably still at the back of me. Maybe the last two years, I'm coming to terms with it. Because I feel as though I let a lot of people down. Right. Which is weird, but yeah, a bit of therapy now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I let a lot of people down because it was, you know, people work there. I had, to, I had to tell people that they'd have no job at 22, 23. It's younger, you should be running it's any kind of business at that age. Yeah, that's, that's rich, yeah it's massively, rich, yeah. It's good. Well, it's not yeah. like it wasn't a good ending, yeah. but what yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. And do you know what? And I'm very uh, philosophical about it. Like, I probably wouldn't change anything. I'd, I'd like to have run it better. I'd like to have got five years out of it um, instead of two. But looking back, well, so, so what did you decide to do after the pub then? Once so the pub, the pub like you went. You felt you, you were down a bit. It was like a wilderness years for me because, um, like I said, I was I was I was massively down. Probably didn't realise it at the time. Um, yeah. yeah, I was. I, it affected me for years and years and years um, because, like was that, I say, was that confidence based or was it self belief or? I think it was self belief. Same thing, really. Yeah, remember. I think it was self belief. Um, I think it was the fact that I feel as though. Like I said, I just let everybody down. I had to tell people they had no job. 
um, you know, my mum and dad had lent me some money to, to, to buy the franchise that I, I literally couldn't pay back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, 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 and they were very much like, it is what it is, but I just, I struggled for years and years and years to get over it. Um, it was far too young to have a business. So what did you decide to do after that then? So after you got gone through your wilderness, wilderness so yeah, my wilderness years. So so basically, I like um, I I really enjoyed the, the chefing side of things at the pub. Um, so I was like, you know what, I might I might go into that yeah. a little bit. So I did like a I didn't do it for very long. Probably I think it was a three year course, and I think I probably did about a year, maybe not even that, maybe six months. Um, I have a chefing course. Did that at college uh, and was working on the doors. So I was working at various places, uh, Stockport, Manchester, Ashton, uh, worked the doors part-time and I was doing this chef's course. So did that for, like I said, probably a year maybe. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I did after that. <laughs> it's really weird. That's when I went to London. So yeah, I went to London a bit after that. Okay, didn't know you'd been down to London. Yeah, so I worked in London, uh, I ran a pub in Fulham. So did that for about eight months. Um, Really enjoyed it, met some really good people, different scene from Manchester, and that was really good. But then, and this was not my fault, <laughs> then the company I worked for basically wrapped up, and I was like, oh, man. And do you know what? I, part of me thinks I probably should have stayed in London, but I was like, nah, I kind of miss my family, miss my friends a little bit, and I was like, okay, come home. Um, so I came back to Manchester, and that's when I started at Weatherspoons. So okay. I worked at Weatherspoons for... What, two years? Funny enough, we've been in the bar you used to work in as well, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I, well, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. if you've been into a Wellsbury's manager, you've been in I worked in all of them at some point. Why are the toilets so far away from the bar? Um, Because the bar's got to be massive. Hasn't it? <laughs> every every Wellsbury's is massive. See, see, it's weird, right? Because as Northerners, we would say, why are the toilets always upstairs? If you ever go to a pub in London, the toilets are always downstairs because every pub has a massive cellar in yeah, it yeah. because they're all massive, you know, really old buildings. So there's a little fat thing. But yeah, the stairs are... Always, there's toilets are always miles away. So you came back from London. Yeah, worked at, came back from London. Uh, worked at Weatherspoons for a couple of years. Um, I worked at Weatherspoons, and then I decided that I would probably probably put the most my most weight on around that time. Uh, working at Weatherspoons, um, like I could say, late nights sleeping a lot you know not waking up till midday and not really having a set routine eating at Weatherspoons every day <laughs> it's not great so yeah so I um, I worked at Weatherspoons and put most of my weight on probably it's about 21 stone-ish around okay. then um, got into a, a relationship quite toxic uh, obviously a lot of that to do was, was with my self-esteem issues being that big um, decided to lose a little bit of weight and was relatively successful lost, lost a couple of stone and was like I oh, quite like the exercise yeah. started playing football again uh, trying to eat a little bit better um, stopped doing that because I uh, went to work with my dad who he uh, was a manager at a company that, um, a minibus and taxi company. Yeah. So I trained to do that. Um, 
obviously going from a job where you're on your feet and having a pretty crap diet and then going to a job where you sat on your ass and well, having an even really worse diet, diet. <laughs> that's probably when the weight really came on. That was easy. The, the couple of stone that I'd lost, I'd, I'd put back on within. So how old were you then, then? Roughly. How old am I now? So I was probably about 30. Okay. I was probably about 30. So for 10 years, just bouncing about, yeah, I was probably about 30 then. Um, ballooned massively. Uh, and then I would say a year, a year and a half into the job, I was like, right, I've really got to sort myself out. Uh, I can't eat what I eat. I can't eat on the road. I can't do zero exercise because I'm just killing myself. Um, self-esteem issues were still there. I was still carrying around a bit of baggage from the failed business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just basically decided to that I was going to move back in with my mum, yeah. which wasn't easy at 30 years old. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to concentrate on losing weight. And I did it. I did uh, probably, I think, about nine months. That's about six, seven stone. Good effort. That's impressive. I remember that. It's good. It was a good time. However, I was just so ill-equipped to maintain that weight um, because I just killed myself. Like I would literally, my life was: I get up in the morning, I'd go to the gym at seven o'clock, I'd go to work. I would then come back, I would go to the gym, I'd eat the same thing every day. And when I say the same thing every day, I, I would literally, my breakfast was porridge, my lunch was salmon, uh, rice and veg, and my tea yeah. was chicken, rice and veg. And like, like, when I say like, people are like, oh, you couldn't, I was like, no, seriously, that's, this is what I eat, that's yeah, all yeah. I eat for like um, nine months. And yeah, I lost like seven stone. Um, met my beautiful wife at the time, she wasn't my wife then, obviously. Um, wouldn't probably wouldn't have met her because at my heaviest because I think lacking confidence a bit my confidence was back and yeah, yeah. To, to, to what, what what was your heaviest if you remember in Stone or Killing uh, honestly you? like genuinely I probably don't know I think my heaviest well just before I started Man V Fat I was probably about twenty two stone but I think I've been heavier than that I think I've been heavier than that I think I was probably about twenty three. It's my heaviest. I look back at some pictures and think, yeah, he was easy to... You, you kind of judge it. You can judge it a bit. Particularly now with what I do, I kind of judge it. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably knocking 23 stone at some point. So you did your, did your mini bus bit with your dad? Yeah, um, yeah. Met your beautiful wife? Met my beautiful wife. Um, I'm never going ever out to a family do with you ever again. <laughs> You <laughs> was at my wedding, weren't you? Oh, I did. I came to your wedding. Pray tell. Um, yeah, why were you? Was, oh no, you were travelling, weren't I you? Was, I was travelling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so I, I met around. I met Stu starting Man V Fat, um, and really nicely we played the season together. You, your wedding was literally at the end of the yeah, season, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Which was kind of like a good blowout. Invited all the lads to come come to his wedding, so we all came to the night do, and I think we were about eight eight Jaegers in. And then it was just me and Simon left. Literally everybody else, all his family had gone home and me and Simon had told the DJ he's got to turn the music up and while me and him are dancing around the dance floor. Yeah. It was um, just atrocious. I was in such a mess. I'm so, no, it's not happening again. No, there, was, there was like six people left and I was, it was myself and Tiffany, my wife. There was, I think there was, um, there was my, um, my mum and my stepdad and then there was you and Si. That was like the six people left cleaning up at the end of the night. 
And, yeah. and to be fair, you were like, I'm going home, but Sai was like, let's go for another drink, let's go for another drink. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I didn't even know where I was. <laughs> Thank God. So, yeah, so, uh, like I say, I met, met my wife, uh, obviously got married. Yeah. Uh, started Man V Fat. Was probably one of the, the driving factors to start Man V Fat, but I had a wedding coming up. We'll uh, come back to that. Yeah. So is that is that kind of it then? So if you've been doing it, is that you've gone so yeah? So I've been working. You? I work in the, the same company now. So I've worked there for like nine years, something like that, seven years. Um, I I do enjoy it. It's quite boring. It can be boring at yeah. times, uh, but I do enjoy it. I, I like to do school runs, so get to be like kids who are um, particularly vulnerable kids who crack you up every day. Yeah. Um, so that side of it's really nice. Uh, I also passed the transport managers course, which is nice. quite good. Which yeah, yeah. Is quite hard to do actually. It was probably the first time that I'd ever passed an exam since like. But again, it's one of those things that you've said at the beginning. You're probably interested in, you wanted yeah. it, so therefore you've got the. Yeah, like genuinely, the, I, I, it, the drive to do yeah, it. Yeah, I and mean, it's a big course to do, but yeah, yeah, there was loads of aspects of it that interested me, so I applied myself and passed it. Um, so yeah, and I still work for them today. So you went on to Man V Fat after that then, which was good. So, so yeah. I'm not going to go into that one, but I know for a fact that you've, you've got one career that you've not told me told us about. Can What's you tell that? me what that is? That I'm sure you had a little stage where you were uh, up, up doing a bit of stand-up comedy. So oh. can you tell us yeah. your favourite joke? No. <laughs> Come on. Do you want to know my favourite joke? Yeah. And I was really impressed that you did stand-up as well. I think that was pretty, pretty impressive. So... Like, if you're saying you had a like, when when did you do your stand up comedy? So I was that was probably at one of my heaviest periods, and I think that I think that was I think it was probably like a reaction to putting myself out there a little bit and yeah. realizing that I'm developing these issues a little bit about confidence. Yeah, um, I've always been a relatively confident person on the outside. Yeah, internally less so, and I think that was a time when I was like. Could feel me becoming less less confident, and it was I think it was a reaction to that, and I, and it was just something I really wanted to do. <laughs> so um, so anyhow, favorite joke. It's really simple. It's really easy, and it's and it's probably not going to sound rubbish. I'm going to sound for a <laughs> terrible terrible stand up, and I'm not a stand up. I'm just, I'm just like one guy who did stand up once, um, twice I think maybe I did it. Um, what's ET show for? Because he's got little legs. Correct. <laughs> Rom, go on, what's your best joke? My best joke? I don't know if I can say it. Okay. Oh, okay. Why did the baker's hand smell? Why? Because he needed a poo. <laughs> I, I got it, sorry. Why, why, <laughs> did, why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because it was dead. That's as bad as mine. That's <laughs> one of my favourites. So, thanks, Stu. Those jokes were like tumbleweed moments, weren't they? Yeah. Um, cut that out. Um, <laughs> that, that's the interlude <laughs> so thank you for that yeah being no relatively honest um, quite interesting that to be honest I think it's um, you you come across as a very confident person um, and it's interesting I've got a lot of similarities from what you've said and, and from what you were describing on your self confidence but then because you know you're not being confident in yourself you push yourself to go a bit further mm. um, so I can kind of relate a little bit to that so Looking back on all your kind of time that you told us then, what would you say made you fat 
Is it the Weatherspoons piece? Is it when you is that was that your issue then? Uh, I think looking back, there's loads of factors. I think there's loads of factors that just snowball into weight gain, and that I think it's happened with a lot of guys as well. So one of the factors was I had an unhealthy relationship with food. So my relationship with food, like I always go back to this. Um, I can remember being at like a family wedding when I was maybe like I don't know ten. And eating a buffet until I was physically sick. Now that's not healthy. No. Because I think, and it's going to sound like my childhood was really like sad and like really uh, hard childhood, and it wasn't. But I can remember, um, like, um, happy times. So f- I associated food and a buffet, and you, you know, oh, uh, a buffet, you have such a choice, and you want to taste a bit of everything, and. You know, and I, I associate that with, with good, happy family times. So yeah. it was always weddings and birthdays. And, and I can remember that. It really sticks out. I, and it probably happened a few times, actually, where I just eat that much that I was physically sick. Okay. Um, at the end of the night, I'm like, physically sick, like, during, like, <laughs> while I was eating. But like, at the end of the night, I'd be like, oh, I feel so sick and I'd be sick. And I probably had loads of, like, Coca-Cola as well. yeah. It's yeah. proper coke back then. Yeah, it's proper coke. Yeah, they've they've exactly. toned it down a bit yeah. since then. So, so yeah, so I, that's when I think the looking back, the first my first seeds uh, were planted of having an unhealthy relationship with food, um, and it, it's a family trait because uh, my mum's the same, um, my sister is the same, my dad less so. Um, but yeah, I think we we all have this unhealthy relationship with food where we we associate food with really happy good times. Um, so yeah so I think that's the first seed I think as well as that I was quite active I played a lot of football I used to box um, amateur boxer so I think as you grow up you do less of that yeah. you know as you leave school one of the big aspects for me was that I played like like football to you know like for school teams up until like I left at 16 and then that was it. Yeah. That was it. I didn't play again because I think a lot of people at that age just drop out because they don't want to necessarily go and play with guys who are in their 30s and late 20s or 16. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I dropped out of that. It was a big, big error uh, looking back to stop playing football and stop boxing as well. Um, and then obviously life hits you so particularly the industry that I fell into you know, it's late nights. Roman will, will testify to this. I can remember being sat when this was a pub at three o'clock in the morning ordering a curry yeah. because you'd not had anything to eat. Yeah. And you'd, you know, because you'd started work at like three o'clock uh, and having a few drinks, not being work, in work till three o'clock the next day and having a curry at like that time of night. It was almost standard. Yeah, it was. It was like genuinely like every Saturday night, all the staff would be like, let's order a curry and have a few drinks. And, you know, I can remember leaving here at six o'clock in the morning some nights. Like, after me teaching you Ukrainian dancing one night yeah yeah like genuinely like and, and I think lifestyle then starts coming into it then so my lifestyle was really unhealthy um, I think obviously from my lifestyle in the pub game and then obviously what happened with, with the business I think that escalated it a little bit more so like feelings of inadequacy that I had I was trying to feed yeah to try and make yourself feel better which is where the link with 
good times comes. So I've, I've, you know, I've developed this link that food equals good times. I'm not having good times, so I eat food. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. So yeah. So I think, uh, and then obviously from going out the pub game, which is a really unhealthy lifestyle, to go and driving for a living, which is like probably even worse. Yeah, you're not moving. It's amazing yeah. how many calories you move just being still burned standing on your feet. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Yes. So going through that, and you, you obviously spoke around, like say your family were that's what they had the association with food and everything. Do you did you feel it was kind of acceptable way of, of being in in the way you were in, in like saying having that relationship did you kind of when you were going through and you you thought when you actually started to realize that you might have been a bit bigger than other people and things like that where um, when you become a bit conscious around it did you kind of blame anyone for it did you look back and point fingers or was it were you really kind of because I, I can imagine you being this is me and blaming and kind of looking at yourself that's yeah, how i would kind I, of. I, I didn't necessarily um i don't really want to assign blame Obviously, these the, the association with food started at an early age. Could have that been different? Well, yeah, it could have done. It could have been different had, um, you know, my mum and dad had a better relationship with food than my sister. Like, yeah, of course it could have been different. And it's not something that I would... It's not something that when I have kids, it will be different because I can see where things went wrong. Yeah. But... I remember when I was a kid, I was the kid that was outside in the pub with a pack of crisps and a, and a Cokes outside while my mum and dad were having a beer. So I, it, that was that was the kind of, yeah. that's what I had. Yeah, um, and I think you're also, you're also a child, you know, you're also a product of your, of your childhood, uh, depending on what that child is. So I'm an 80s kid, so, so my mum was one of the, you know, the first couple of generations where they, she went to work. She worked full-time and I yeah. worked full-time. So we would get in from, from, from school, um, you'd be hungry and some cereal and standard in it and then she'd come in and it'd be like what's for tea mum microwave meal it's not very nutrition it's not very healthy and I can remember and bless her do you know what I mean I, I'm not never ever assign any blame to anybody and she'd be the first to admit um, she's not the best cook in the world <laughs> so it's like kind of a running joke we have so she but she would really like really try and make things yeah. tasty but fail like I remember once making this like she's like we love pasta um, and she made this like I've got this recipe for this cheesy pasta and it's got like five different kinds of cheeses in it right so you can imagine that it's mad cheesy right so when you you have to measure how much cheese you're putting in don't you yeah. because it, it can really overwhelm it yeah. and she was just like oh, I'm making it for a few people I'll just throw all <laughs> straight every single bit of cheese in this pasta I swear to God, she was in this pot, right? She lifted a lid off this pot and my eyes watered. I swear to God, I'll never forget it. And it was me and my sister, and my cousin was here as well. And I remember thinking, oh my God. And she put it, she like dished out. And even she was a bit like, it's very cheesy. And she dished out. And I remember thinking one bite and like, no, I can't eat that. And my cousin, bless him, Che, my cousin was like, <laughs> and he, Leslie, this is really nice. And he like struggled to get halfway through. We were like, Jay, like don't eat, mate. Like seriously. But yeah, I think it's difficult because she worked full time, and her mum would, you know, my nana would cook meals from fresh, from scratch for, you know, one of six. You know, she had yeah. six kids, so she would like be really economic with, with, with the way she cooks, and she would, you know, inadvertently you kind of make healthier things. We just used to bang some it in the microwave. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think you're alone in that at all. No. I think, I think the, I think that was quite a, a normal, um, process. I was just interested, really, from where, 
where you were yeah. at that kind of point, really. I think there's loads of kids, loads of people, like loads who are like, I would say our age, who grew up that, you know? Um, I can't think of anything. I don't think, I cannot remember the last time I had a microwave meal. And I like grew up on them. I cannot remember, because I no. think for me, they're just the most unappetizing thing. And, and I've always kind of had that, even though I, 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 I've eaten unhealthy for a long time. So when you were, every, we've all we've all had it in the room. When was the first time when you actually? There must have been a moment when you've stopped and gone, "I'm fat." We've all had that one particular moment, um, or a, a couple of factors where you've kind of gone, "Do you know what? I, I'm this isn't right," or something along those lines. I f- just from my what I where I was, mine was always kind of like a, I ticked over, and I didn't really have a massive defining moment. It was just one day I went, do you know what, I was really struggling. I, my, my heart was palpate, palpitating and stuff, and I need to do something. So, what was yours? What did you ever have that all of that eureka moment? Probably pretty similar to you. You, the longer it goes on, the more accepting of it you are. So, you go up a, a belt notch. That's all right. You go up a pram size. You go up a shirt size, I'll be alright. You throw things that don't fit away. You don't ever, I think it just creeps up on you. And it, it, certainly for me, you know, you're up a, another size, up another size. Up to a 3XL in shirts at one point. And it got to a point where, and this is one of the, the reasons that I, I decided I need to change. Um, so my sister got married. I had, an idea, I had an idea what I was going to wear. I was like, I don't really want to wear a suit. It's better nothing mega casual. But I was like, I'll just get some chinos and like a shirt and like a, like a jacket, like, you know, cool little. I've always been into my clothes, to be fair. Yeah. But it struggled because you're so big. And I can remember um, trying on this pair of chinos and I was, I was uh, for years and years and years, I was 38 waist, right? Um, I'd been down to 36 when I'd, when I'd lost all that weight I'd been up uh, but I'd been around then and I remember going to look for these these chinos um, and a 38 a 38 was nowhere near I tried on a 40 and it was still too tight and I tried I was looking for a 42 right so I went to five different Asdas in Greater Manchester to find these this one pair of chinos in this colour a 42 inch waist and I finally found them two days before the wedding um, I had to go to the one at, the big one at the Travis Centre yeah. so there's a massive in it yeah I know you is um, crispy creme donuts next door yeah 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 <laughs> totally had one of them. <laughs> yeah and um, I remember trying them on and the waist fit and the legs they were like clown pants because I had a massive waist my legs were obviously fat but not to the level of fat that matched the waist yeah so I remember trying them on and thinking, yeah, the waist fits, but the legs were so loose. Honestly, they looked like a like a clown. And I remember thinking that I never forget. I remember thinking, stood in that Asda, thinking, ah, that's it now. That's it. It's got, things have got to change. I've done this before. I know how to do it. I know the process how to do it. I know how it works. You know, like we say, move more, eat less. I know I've got to be in a deficit, but. This has got to come off and it's got to stay off because A, I'm getting married in like a year. Yeah. Um, and B, I just can't do this anymore. I can't have this opinion of myself trying on Coco the Clown's pants. Yeah. 
going to like five different Asda's around the area trying to find this one pair of pants. It's like it's ridiculous. So is it? Um, I can imagine that being difficult, or more so because it's your sister's wedding. Mm. You you're there and you're thinking, I'm going to look good for this. It's, I want to make sure I'm looking on 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 point. So you've you've tried your hardest, and then you go in. I get it. You've gone for your thirty eights, and I bet that that was probably the start of it. And then you're running around all the different Asda's going. So was that kind of your lowest moment with your weight? Yeah. And not just like obviously you talked about the pub life before, but like say was that, was that your probably lowest yeah. moment that was that, and you made that conscious. Yeah, it decision. was. It was it was rock bottom. And they say to elicit change, you have to have that rock bottom moment. That was that was my rock bottom moment, without a shadow of a doubt. Because anything else you can that you feel is a low moment, you can attribute other aspects to it. So I'd had. Um, bad relationships for over the years now not all that was down my way it was a, it was it was the factor of how i was feeling and how i was in that relationship mm. but it wasn't all down to my way this was all down to my way there was yeah. no other fa- and bless bless tiff like she was like it's okay we'll go to another Asda. she must have been thinking what the f's going on here it's the five asters like and i remember just thinking this is it this is it. i remember getting back and just thinking this, oh, this is the lowest i've ever been to do and it and this I can't I can't put another reason on this of why I feel like this. This is another a excuse. weight related issue and there's nothing to else. Point. Um yeah. And and then and then we went to the wedding and um, How did you feel walking in the wedding? Sh- oh, shocking. Crap because it's just so uncomfortable. I knew my pants looked ridiculous. So I was like I look back it's mental. I knew my pants looked ridiculous because they were just so big on the leg. Um I was uncomfortable. It was a little, it was a nice little venue. It wasn't a big wedding, and I was doing a uh, a reading uh, during the wedding. And I remember doing a reading, and I was sweating like you wouldn't believe, like profusely sweating because it was quite a small room. I had a tweed jacket on, had these pants that didn't that were massive on me, but also fitted my waist. It was ridiculous, and I remember just feeling massively uncomfortable all day until. You have that one drink, and I'm like, oh, right, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have, you know, the first four drinks, I was still feeling comfortable. The fifth drink, I was like, right, I can relax a little bit now. What was it? So, at that point, you've got, um, at that low, the photos from the wedding come out. Yeah, they and they're always the ones that I use. They're, they're all, all my before and after photos is just that wedding, because I don't take a lot of photos anyway. You just don't when you're no. that size. You can avoid them as much as, you know, million excuses to avoid so yeah so all my before and after photos are from that wedding because that was the last time that that's the biggest that I was I was at that point um, so yeah so the photos came out and I was like they do not look good um, and, and to be fair to her um, I'm sure she doesn't mind me saying like, like Tiff was the same because I think you put weight on as a couple as well she was like I don't look any good I need to lose weight we're getting around here let's do this and we, we you know we started together um, obviously, I eventually found my fat. Oh, that's nice. So that's that kind of comes on to talk around like your family and stuff like that, and the support and mechanism and stuff like that. But before we go on there, what when you were at that heaviest? Then what was your normal week? So I'm talking. What would what would your food have been? What would your exercise be? Drink right. calories? What was your normal kind of day to day? The food would be you get up, get up in the morning, um, go to work. I wouldn't necessarily, I used to go quite early to work, so I wouldn't eat before work. 
uh, I do a little bit of work. I'd stop at McDonald's for a McDonald's breakfast. Yeah. Stop at Greg's, get a butty, make a butty, um, a coffee. Uh, lunch would be um, a sandwich, something like that. Uh, chocolate throughout the day, crisps every time I stop to get fuel. Yeah. You'll know it, Ross. I know the road. They're horrible. Uh, you know, evening meal. Um, do you know what we used to spend so much money on takeaways I'm like do you know what not so takeaways we used to eat out a lot yeah. like we eat out a lot when I think back like, how did I have that money to eat out so much <laughs> so yeah we, we would literally go and we were like oh let's go out where do you want to go Nando's where do you want to go Pizza where do you want to and we'd, and we'd eat out or we'd order in or I'd go and be like oh, you know I still cook to be fair I made lasagna or I made this um, but the mad thing was that would be interspersed, you know, that would be interrupted by periods of healthy eating. Yeah. So I'm yo-yoing all the time, so I would have a period of like two or three months where I'm like, oh, I'm so excited, eating a bit healthy, um, starting back on the five-side football with the boys and, you know, and then still going to the, like, 20, you know, like that, when I talk about, like, being that heavy and, and searching for them pounds, like, I was going to the gym, I had a gym membership. You know what yeah. I mean? I was going to the gym and I'm just like, like getting on the cross trainer and doing it yeah, yeah, slowly, right. but doing it, but then just eating them calories back. Like, How did you feel in the gym? Truthfully. <sighs> Do you know what? I don't, I, I, even now, the, the gym is still an intimidating place to me. It is. Like a commercial gym is an intimidating place. I was I was there yesterday. I go uh, three days a week on a dinner hour and it, it does, it still intimidates me. It's even now. Um, I just get my head down and just, you know, do what I need to do and get out as quickly as I can. Yeah, it's the free weights is the bit that, for me, that's that's the bit. I probably know what I'm doing nine times out of ten around in the free weights areas. But even then, still feel intimidated walking around going into, into one of them. I kind of use it as a the, the machine-based ones where you do a little circuit on your machines and, yeah. and do that. So no, no, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. Uh, I'd just get on, a, I'd get on a cross trainer and you know, get on a bike or and whatnot. And you can see other people doing the same. Like you can see, I can see over blokes who were like, "Just go to the gym, just get on a bike." Or yeah. So, what was your most shameful food moment? Ooh. We've all had one, right? And I don't just mean eating a curry cold out of the fridge the next morning. No. <laughs> That's normal. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. To give you a bit of backstory, so so when I decided to. A lot of backstory. It's <laughs> all backstory, really. But yeah. So when I when I was at the at the wedding, and I was like, I've got to make a change. I've got to make a change. Um, and I, I was trying to lose weight the way that I had done before, but I just couldn't get it right because so I was, chicken rice. Yeah. So I couldn't get it right because I kept going on these two three day binges, where I would literally eat everything I seen secretly. A lot of it, because we would, you know, me and me and Tiff were losing weight together. I'd never ever put you down as 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 like the secret eater. Yeah, if I I'm don't, honest, I, don't I would think have never said, said that. I don't think yeah. you've ever said you're a secret eater. I, once a secret eater, always a secret. I'm a secret eater now. Like genuinely, I, mean, I don't want you to ever leave me. I think when I do, um, and it's not an on-off switch, but when I do fall off the wagon, I, I do it in secret. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so when I got to that point, I can remember. Um, struggling and trying to find this routine and um and, and still going to the gym and, and whatnot and um i i 
met my my sister and my mum. Mum was still living in England at the time, um, and we went out for some lunch, and um, I sat down and I just cried. Okay. Um, yeah, I just sat down and I cried, and they were like, "What's up?" And I was like, "Don't know." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Don't know," and they were like, "Well, something must be wrong." I was like. I don't know, I'm just struggling, they were struggling with what, and, and basically, um, it all just come out, like, I'd been eating in secret, and binging, and this was at a point where I'd hit rock bottom, Yeah, yeah. or what I thought was rock bottom, and I was like, trying to get on this health thing, and I can't, I'm binging, and I'm going on two day binge, and I'm not talking like, little, I'm not talking like, eating a whisper bar, garbage. I'm talking like, Going to McDonald's twice, three times a day. Alright, okay. Like massive, massive binges. Um, so yes, yeah, so they were like, "You think you need to get some help?" And I was like, yeah, "I know how to lose weight. No, 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 some help, proper help." Um, and and this is not a reflection on the NHS or GPs out there. I went to my GP and I was like, uh, "I can't stop eating." Takes, just going back to just going back before you go to your GP, that takes a big brave effort though, massive effort to go to your GP and hold your hands up and go, do you know what? I've I've got an issue. So, yeah. well done to you for that. First of all, yeah. um, like I say, I've been working with, I've been working with you, play, playing football with you for a number of years, and I don't. Well, we both said didn't we didn't know that's like where you were. Um, so no, well done. So go on and back your yeah. GP. So I went to the GP and um, and this is not a reflection on GPs because I think we do. Most of them do an amazing job. And it's not even a reflection on my GP because he's actually pretty good. Yeah. Right? And I was like, I can't stop eating and I need to do something. And he was like, uh, um, have you tried uh, going to the gym? And I was like, come on, man. I tried it all. And, he's like, and I know you've heard this before a million times. Yeah. But I'm telling you now, I can't get back on this wagon that I keep dropping off. I drop off, back on, off for three days, back on for three days, off for three days, back on for three days. And it was a bit like, I don't really know what to tell you. Like genuinely. And it's not a reflection of him because he's good, he's good. Um, and I was like, okay. And I remember coming out thinking, oh, well, that was a waste of time. Do you think he's ever had that question put to him before? Because it sounds like something you wouldn't ask your GP. No, I think he has. I think he has. But I think what he gets is, He's probably used to a lot of excuses. Yeah. I think he didn't realise, because I didn't necessarily go into a bit of backstory behind it, that he necessarily didn't realise like, like how low a point this was for me. Um, but maybe that was like you said before, you're out of confidence coming across. And he yeah, saw, it probably he saw was. That. It probably was. And do you know what? And one of the things as well, he was quite a new, I changed GP, so he was quite a new GP. It wasn't like he'd been a family GP for 20 odd years. Yeah. It's quite a new GP, and, I, and to be honest, I never got to the doctors. And I think that was one of the first times I've been to the doctors in like ten years. Um, so yeah, so I think he didn't necessarily realise. I think he was just a bit like, mm. guy needs to just find a bit of motivation, or yeah. Um, and I, so, so basically, I searched online. And I, I came up across a group called Overeaters Anonymous. And what Overeaters Anonymous is anonymous 
is the same as Alcoholics Anonymous, Gambling Anonymous, uh, Addiction Anonymous, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's for people who've got an addiction to food. Um, so I was like, looked up local meetings. It was one, um, Fallowfield, I think, Monday nights. And I was like, okay, gonna go, gonna go. Uh, talked it over with Tiff, and she was like, yeah, I think it'd be a really good idea. Went, sat outside, didn't go in. Uh-huh. Didn't go in. Just watched who was going in. So it was bigger guys, uh, bigger girls, uh, there were smaller people. Uh, so I was like, right, okay, come back. So why didn't you go in? I don't know. Oh my god, I don't think I could, I don't think I was ready. I think I was ready. I think I'm the kind of person who likes to. Um, I like to watch before I make a decision. I'm quite. I can be quite standoffish when I first meet people and to try new things. Yeah. I think that was a little bit of that coming at me. I was like, just mm. watch people going in, and and I was probably there about 15 minutes, and I just drove off. See, I find that really. It's. It, I find that really strange when we're talking about to say a guy that's done the pub game you go a bit full of bravado it's all that kind of waffle at the beginning you did your comedy stand up and when it came down to you making that physical choice to walk into something to make you better or to change your outlook on something you kind of struggle a little bit with it I think that's it's quite because you're admitting you're vulnerable yeah quite possibly when, when, when you're in the pub game it is all bravado it's not real like like pub stew and normal stew as two different people. Like probably genuinely, one, probably like, one sober one's not. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. Apart from that, but yeah, like genuinely, like, like, like you know Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so me and Eddie worked together for years. Eddie Thurston, and he's like, it's so weird. Like literally, as people walk through the door, like your face changes and the fake smile comes on. Like honestly, genuinely, like night and day. Says, and and that's pub stew, and and. We this know, is real stew, right yeah, yeah. So it's, I suppose it's like admitting that vulnerability because when you're in the pub game, you know, you're the big I am, aren't you? Yeah. And when you're on the stand up, everyone's looking at you. Apart from uh, when you're getting told off, now real stew comes out when you get told <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few tellings off of stew. Just do your job properly, my <laughs> But yeah, and, you know, and, and it's like, it's like to, it's like a fake persona in a way. Yeah. Um, that probably comes out all the time. <laughs> I don't realise after time, you know what I mean? Probably comes out all the time. Um, so that vulnerability, uh, to, to admit that you, you were vulnerable in front of other people you don't know, yeah. it's a big, big thing for me. Um, so yeah, so that was that was like me and one. <laughs> I just didn't attend. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay. So next Monday came around. I was like, right, I'm going to go in this time. So, side note, I went back and I, and I said to Steve, yeah, I went in, it was okay. I don't know, give it a go. Couldn't say I didn't go in. So a week after I went back and I was like, right, okay. And I went in um, and you meet people. Hi, my name's so-and-so. And you sit around a big table and um, you do a little, you have a little pledge that you say. And anyone who's been to a kind of gambling addiction will notice it. You say a little pledge and uh, um, and then people will, there'll be a period where somebody can share. So I basically... I said my name, uh, that was pretty much it, um, and I just listened to other people and their stories. So not only, with, the thing with Overeaters Anonymous, uh, not only is it people who, who binge eat and 
retain that food, shall we say. It's people who with bulimia, anorexia, anybody yeah. who's got issues around food. So there were some people who were saying like, you know, at a purge and, 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 and this kind of thing, and this, which was completely alien to me because obviously I'm the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and there was people who, you know, it was as big as me and then bigger than me saying, I can't get control over it. So I just listened and I was like, better than what I thought so I come away and I was like that was okay um, and then I went back the week after uh, and I didn't say anything like they were around sharing and I was like I wanted to like kind of say something and I didn't and I was just kind of you know listen to everybody else's stories and I think at that point probably the third time I went I was like I realised that this isn't just a problem that's unique to me this is a problem that a lot of people face. Yeah. So the week the week after that, week four, I went back and uh, and I cried. Yeah. I cried for I think the meetings were thirty minutes and I cried for thirty minutes. Couldn't say anything and I just cried. That was it. Uh, and I went back week five and then, and that's when I was like, right, I have to say something now. So I got up and I was like, my name's Stu. Um, thirty. I think I was thirty odd then. Uh, I've got issues with food. And everyone was really nice, and and, and we talked about um, the whole program is like kind of giving the your addiction to a higher power kind of thing, not necessarily God, just to say that it's something that's out of your control. So don't kind of worry about it in a way, um, and you get a sponsor, and it's very much like alcoholism. It's the same program. Um, and I went to another couple of meetings and shared a couple of things um, and it did help, it did help. It, it opened my eyes to the fact that I wasn't the only person who was struggling with food and it's not just uh, an issue that is um, just for people who are overweight. Yeah. Like it's an issue across the board. Um, so that was, that was really good. I think that was a real um, changing moment for me. So how was you while you were going to you went to these three or four weeks or five weeks? How was your your diet? Did it affect? Did you did you did you change anything at home? Did it make did it make any difference? Did the secret eating stop? Did it? Um, or was it? Yeah, it started to dis- dissipate a little bit. Um, Good. I started to have fall less off the wagon, as much as what I was. Um, like I said, I went. I think I went to five or six meetings. I think I went to my last meeting, and I kind of. Um, reached out to a member because you kind of anonymously can reach out to certain people and who've got more um, time there than you uh, to be a sponsor reached out to this guy and I was like struggling with the higher power thing because I am a massive card carrying atheist um, and I'm kind of struggling with that you know yeah. I think the basis of that program is 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 um is based around was was based around religion. Yeah. Um, and the guy was like, and, and bless him, you know, uh, he was like, well, you, you know, if, have you ever prayed and asked God for help? And kind of just pushed that on me a little bit. And I was like, nah, it's probably not for me. Uh, and I, that was the last meeting I went to. That'd have backed me off as well, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's me being yeah. honest. And it didn't necessarily, but but it, I got what I needed from it. That was the thing. I took away what I needed from it. And what I needed to take away was the fact that I wasn't the only one struggling. 
wasn't the only person who has these issues with food, and it's not just a overweight issue. So you uh, you went to see sisters wedding dressed like Coco. Um, you've been to your, your five weeks. You decided you've had you've chat with a guy that's yeah. put you off it. So what what happened next then from there? So from that point in, what I what I I realised that the, the food aspect was was the biggest issue. That was what I was really struggling to control. So I was like, okay, what can I control out of the, out of the whole bigger picture? So I was like, well, you know what, you can control. You can get your ass into the gym, but you're not really doing the gym. So I got in touch with a friend of mine, uh, James Connor at JC Fitness, uh, and he was like, I've got these morning boot classes. Um, another friend of mine was going at the time, Alan, um, and he was like, do you want to come down? I was like, yeah, okay. I, I came down like six o'clock in the morning uh, to work out and uh, was dying on my ass after like, I think it was six minutes. I was lay on the sofa in the gym. And it's not like a commercial gym, it's like a, you guys are not because you're both training. It's like, you yeah. know, it's like someone's shed. Um, it's like when Rocky's comparing, you know, when Rocky trains in like the shed somewhere. Yeah, and like Rocky like, Four. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like going from like the Russian technology <laughs> to, you know, the snow filled <laughs> mountain. But yeah, so I was like, I started training, then I was like, this is something I can control. And I was just started going there like three times a week. Um, and then I think I've probably been doing that about two or three months and then uh, Simon Holfen bless him changed my life and he tagged me into my Facebook and says what do you reckon to this fat football was it, was it one of them because I read the Man V Fat tags that go on there was it a serious tag or was it was it like a no it was a serious tag because we were playing football anyway um, it was a serious tag and I was like yeah alright yeah, I'll give this a go and we tagged mother friend who's uh, well Ben who's been on the podcast when we did the review of the protein bars, Ben Meek. Um, and I, I tagged him in it and was like, fancy this? And he was like, yeah, all right. So I had fully the intention of going down there to, because I was playing football, I'd have been on and off playing football, probably all through my heaviest periods, through my, my, my rock bottom periods. Yeah. Never... I'd give it up for a bit and then we'd get a new game going and that might last a few months. So are we, are we talking fat fit? Like, or is yeah, it I like fat of... fit, yeah. But but like 22 stone fat fit, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so yeah, so I was like, turned up first night and I was like, mm, not sure about this. Uh, play my first game, I was like, yeah. No, so before you do that, talk about, so if anyone's <laughs> talk, like, pick this up, talking to one, we're talking to one of the, the, the leaders of the Manchester and the Salford Leagues in Man V Fat. How would you describe that first that first because it's a bit different like you kind of came in with a couple of friends into it um, I went and joined on my own completely so I probably had a bit of different aspect from you but just for like anyone that's looking at joining Man V Fat and having that walking through the door what was what was your thoughts how were you feeling what what did you think when you were in there first and foremost Good, the bad and the ugly <laughs> yeah first and foremost uh, I don't think I'd have joined if, if I'd, I'd not had to at least one friend there like genuinely I don't think I would I would have gone through with it um, just for the kind of person I am, um, so yeah. So they, they, that was a massive boost for me. I walked in on the opening night, and I was still unsure. Like seriously, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, man. Uh, we turned up, and we got put into these teams. And I remember speaking to my teammates, um, and me and, <laughs> and me and Ben and and Sian, and I had this. We always all in the, the WhatsApp groups of the of our, our team, OB City. 
Um, and I remember doing a little side WhatsApp group. I'd be like, ah, oh, man, I don't know whether I like these guys. Because <laughs> my teammates were like talking about, let's get a kit, let's get a full kit. Like, I don't even know who it was, you know, it might have even been you. Russell. It wasn't it me, sure. I wasn't full kit wanker. And they were like, Stu, <laughs> what do you hate more than anything? Fuck it, wanker. <laughs> so yeah, they were like, "Let's get socks, and we'll get, and we'll get shorts, and we'll get." Full. And I was like, saying to the like Ben and I, was like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know whether this is for me. What are these guys about? And obviously, that first night was the first night at Manchester, and it was a registration night, so yeah. we didn't play any football that no. night. Uh, the room massively like everyone will say it was hot, it was sweaty, and this was February as well. It was hot, it was sweaty, it was, it was a smell to it. Um, but I, but and it's, this sounds terrible from a coach's point of view as well. I'm looking around the room and thinking, yeah, I'm better than loads of these. And I'd not seen anybody play. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm better, I'm better than loads of these. I can just tell. Um, anyway, it sounds so arrogant and horrible, doesn't it? But, <laughs> but yeah, and, and then, um, and it was and it was the football aspect. I didn't even consider the weight loss side of things. Yeah, I, yeah. Like genuinely, I didn't even consider it. Like it was just like, ah, I have football. Um, and yeah, I went on to the, like, obviously that was for registration week and, and the next week I was like, right, first game, when I was on the pitch, absolutely just loved it. Was a complete flat trap bully. Like, genuinely was. Like, uh, there was only a few plays where I thought, yeah, you probably have been playing as long as me or as much as me. It was, you know, there was a few, but I was like, um, I think our team was particularly... We had a we had a good team. We had good footballers on the yeah, team. Yeah, we did. We were, we were quite aggressive, not breaking any rules, but we were. I think we we ran straight at it. We hit it head on, as in let's. And I think that's what why we clicked so on because on the pitch, I think we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of competitive people. Yeah, a we had a lot, lot of, of like it just happened to be that way. Yeah. That, that as soon as we step across that line, we were we had you know myself, you, Rory, Skip. You know what I mean? It were it were real. In a way, you want to say winners work because we're all fat, but yeah, but yeah, like, like like winners on the pitch. Um, and then it, that was I remember coming off and thinking, yeah, I love this, I love this. Don't know about the weight loss side, but I love the football. Um, and then I can remember that first day going home and being like, thinking to myself, if that's the football side of it, what's the weight? Like trying to get my head around the weight loss side of it. Probably took a couple of weeks. Um, and I was just sat there and I was like, right, okay, how am I going to do this? I've done it before. I know how it works. I know I've got to get that deficit. How can we do it? And I basically just, to, you know, control my food. Um, and then and, and was doing the exercise anyway because I was doing the boot classes. Yeah. Um, the boot camp classes. So that side of things was, was pretty much so. I just had to control my food. Um you make that sound so easy, though. Oh no, it's, it's the hardest <laughs> thing in the world, Ross. So yeah. anybody listening will know. Yeah, it's the hardest, like it's the hardest thing in the world. But I remember, I remember thinking in the WhatsApp groups, thinking, yeah, this is a really good medium to start sharing things. And I think I was probably one of the first ones to really get that WhatsApp group going as regards to people sharing exercise and and and, and food and from a sins motivational videos that I would post every now and again. Um, Every day, yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Stu never shares a happy selfie. He's always busy. Yeah. yeah, it's business. It's business, from man. So but, yeah, and it yeah, just, it just went from there. I mean, it made me, it makes me kind of chuckle in a way because from my interpretation of seeing you in that first week, I, I don't remember you in re- registration at all. No, I remember the first week when we stood outside the cage and it was freezing, 
and there was you, Si and Ben stood together and then the rest of us all stood together and I came over to talk to you and it was like talking to the wall. It was just like, yes, no, no, yes. And it was like, I, I, I was like, oh God, this is going to be hard work. Um, and it was difficult. But then, like I say, my thank you to you is, is that kind of WhatsApp piece that you did? Because you helped me massively then. Um, it helped me clear into that because I worked it. I had my own reasons for joining but there was that kind of motivation and we did it as a group we shared loads didn't we we yeah. we there was a lot of truths coming out on that whatsapp group that you probably hadn't like i was honest said i never spoke to my mates about things like that and how i was feeling and stuff but you instigated it and you kind of set that ball going so that was my thank you to you yeah. for that because you helped me loads in that season and we all yeah. know i was the biggest loser in that season yeah so. we all know that <laughs> but yeah no, and it wasn't it was it was genuinely um once i got the football out of the way and it had been maybe so a couple of weeks, but I was like, "Yeah, no, this is really good." But then you helped because because I could see I was going to give it hundred percent. So I, I in my head I was like, "I'm going to give this everything because I've got to." Yeah. Because I can't go back to where I was. I can't be at that level again. So I've got to give this everything. And I could kind of see the stars lining up a little bit. So I was like, "Next is that is all right. This will keep me on track, and it will." I could somewhere I can actually weigh in each week, which is a big thing because I don't want to weigh in at home. Yeah. Because I think you just, you know, don't want to kind of verbalise however you are without somebody else doing it for you. So I was like, so that side of things, all I've got to do is just, and it's like I say, it's the hardest thing, all I've got to do is just control the food. And it's <laughs> like the stars aligned all of a sudden and it was like, actually, this could work. So I, I, I made a commitment. I was like, I'm going to give this 100%. Um, and the way that you helped is I could see that coming across from you as well. Yeah. And I think not everybody got it straight away. Not everybody wanted to give it 100%. You know, they were giving it 80, if someone were giving it 50, if someone were giving it 20. Yeah. But I could see that in you. I could see that on the pitch, you were going to give 100%. So if you're going to do that on the pitch, and you can do that on the pitch, well, let's do the other side of it as well. Yeah, food. It was. It was, um, it was a good old season. It was. It was. it was. But like you say, I think that, it, and we, we've, me and you have personally spoke about it, about that getting it is what we try and say is and there's, there's that switch somehow where all of a sudden you'll see it you see it in people in, in when you go like I say coming in weighing in and I'm seeing guys and you've not seen him for maybe two or three weeks because your matches haven't aligned and you look at me oh Jesus he's lost a lot of weight yeah. something's just clicked and the guy's just got it and he, he's, he's he's on top of what we're at or what man be fat yeah. trying to actually work out which is I think it's great Um, so going back to your normal week then and you said it was like beers, curries, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, odd bit of exercise. What's your normal week now? So normal week now, um, it consists of, I, I'm going to say it starts on a Sunday. So Sunday night, I'll do my meal prep. So you love I'll do, meal prep, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do all my lunches. Um, that's, that side of it where it was like I was eating the same meals that first time I lost weight it's probably come to pay off a little bit so I just prep all my meals and try and keep it you know when you prep your meals right and you've prepped them your lunch for the week is it not going a bit like because I, I know you do like your, your healthy sausages and stuff like that mm. sometimes and I'm looking and thinking yeah it looks alright and I'm thinking what would it look like on Friday is it still alright or is it tastes alright oh okay it tastes alright I always wondered that I love that shit but it tastes alright like genuinely it's like it's alright it's alright like like I'll do probably four days at a time, because as well, Tiff, she works shifts, so sometimes she'll take two, she'll take one for lunch, and she'll take one for tea. So sometimes it might look like there's ten there, and you're thinking, 
Well, that's like five days worth of but it's not because we have them for uh, okay. different things as well. So yeah, so Sunday I'll, I'll meal prep. I also I've got a, a whiteboard and I'll, I'll plan my um, my food for the week. So I know right, I'm going to do this. This is going to be tomorrow's tea, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. I'll know what shopping I've got in um, and stuff like that, so I know what I can cook. Um, I plan my exercise for the week, so I've also got it's a pretty new thing, but I've also got another whiteboard and I'll write on there um, Monday. So Monday, you've got boot camp in the morning, you've got the gym in, the, in, the, in your dinner hour, Tuesday is the same, Wednesday you might go for a walk at the evening, and, you know, maybe Wednesday, tell it to be my day off from boot camp. Um, so I'll, I'll plan all that, that's Sunday, Monday morning, wake up, drag my ass out of bed, it's not always easy. Uh, Go to boot camp, struggle through a workout. It's always the worst workout of the week. It's the one that I hate the most because it's about, a, and also it's Monday, so everyone struggles. Yeah, that's why me and different. <laughs> You'll already feel like that, oh, and if there's a bit of flexibility or anything like that, I might just put weights on me and see what I can just carry it down the gym. <laughs> but yeah, so then like Monday's that, Tuesday's the same. Uh, Monday, obviously, I'm at work all day because I finish work at six. I go straight to. Mammy from Manchester there, so I'll, I'll make sure that I've got my tea with me. A little bit of planning on a Sunday night to get that sorted out. Uh, Tuesday, same, get up. It's like routine, man. It sounds a bit boring. Tuesday, I haven't, don't, don't do anything Tuesday night, so I usually might go for a walk or uh, chill out, watch a bit. That's usually my TV day. Yeah. A bit of Netflix at, at the evening, but it's having the time as well. I've not really got the time. I finish work at six and I'm probably in bed for like ten, half ten, so. Uh, Wednesdays, it's, it's the same, but I'll tend to not hit the gym as hard on a Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, I'm out all day because I do Salford on a Thursday night, so I'm out all day. Friday, I only do four hours on a Friday, so I do two hours uh, in the morning, seven till nine, and I do two hours, um, two till four. So that's yeah. when I'll do all my admin work for my VFAR and anything that I need to do. Friday, I tend to... I'll sometimes go out for breakfast on a Friday, um, but I tend to eat eggs and bacon. That's about it. So you like to say you've, you've done your meal prep, you've got your lunch. So what's you what's what kind of things you have for your evening meal? Because obviously you're talking about chefing and stuff. Yeah. Right? So evening meal, I'll always try and I've got staples that I'll do. Um, I always I try and have pasta once because I love pasta, so I'll try and have pasta once a week. Uh, but not not really more than once a week because I would literally eat every day. Um, so I've passed a month a week or fish uh, with like some rice or some couscous, a bit of veg. Uh, I'll sometimes make like a, I've got a, I've got a few cookbooks, pinch and norm, that's quite a good one. And there's a Jamie Oliver one as well, that's quite good. Um, I'll pick something out of there, particularly like if it, I know I'm there in the evening, so Tuesday and a Thursday or at the weekend, I'll, I'll make something a bit special. Um, like today, I've had mackerel, mackerel salad, very nice with some beetroot and some horseradish yogurt. It's really good. It's never acceptable to warm mac- mackerel up in the microwave at work, though. No. Let's get that in there. Any, any fish. Any, yeah, any, oh, just you, you, you should be sacked for yeah. that. Well, well, literally, <laughs> I left the house and I was like, yeah, I need to get the air, <laughs> the air freshener out. Because I don't, only grilled it, but it just, it lasts a while, the smell of it mackerel. Does, it does, doesn't it? So, yeah, I'll... I'll I'll do a little bit more, push a boat out a little bit for the evening meal, uh, particularly at a weekend. 
Saturdays is a good one. I tend to uh, use a slow cooker on a Saturday because I like, don't want to be stuck cooking. So I go to, we play an extra game Saturday morning, I throw some in the, cup, the slow cooker before I go. Uh, and then it's, it's cooked for like six o'clock in the evening. So talking around mental health, obviously we're, mm. we're talking around where you were at your lowest. Um, I was still a little bit shocked around you secreting. I thought yeah. I thought I knew everything. If I was honest, yeah. Um, and me, around me. That's why it's nothing. a secret, boys. Yeah, exactly. It'd just be called eating, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the facts don't lie, really, do they? Is you know, it called secret eating now? People say no, it's not. It's binge. It's, it's you call binge. it secret. It's binge. I'm a binge eater. Yeah. So. How how's how's that affected you now? How are you feeling like? Because I know, like I say, you you can portray a really confident person, being honest and truthfully. How do you feel about still, yourself inside? Like genuinely, I, I'll be dead honest. Still days I fall off the wagon. Yeah. There's still days I fall off the wagon. My, um, I'm not hundred percent all the time. There's still days that I will. There's days that I'll. I have days where I loosen the reins purposefully. So, like um, for example. Uh, Friday night, we were like, going for a Nando's, went for a Nando's, and I was like, I'll just have chicken and salad, and I got in, and I thought, no, what, I'm have some chips. Yeah. I've done all right all week. I'll have some chips, so I had some chips. So there's days where I will loosen the reins. I have to be careful, because sometimes if you loosen the reins on one meal, that can literally seep into the rest of your week. Slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah, and I think with, with, with what, how I suffer from my association with food, that's probably a very steep slope as well. So it struggled because I've got to get that first meal of the day right. If we can get that first meal of the day right, it'll set a precedent for the rest of the day. If I'm like, I, I, it used to happen as well actually because if we'd weigh in on, on a Monday, um, Monday night, on a Tuesday morning, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going to have a bacon butty. And I had to stop that because it was literally becoming like, a binge on a Tuesday and a binge on a Wednesday. Yeah. And I had to put, I had to nip it in the bud because that's what can happen, I think, with what, I'll say I suffer from, but with, with my association with food. Um, so yeah, I do have days where I do slip off and but when I slip, I can slip big, even now, even now. But is, is the difference now that you're really, really conscious of it and you recognise it and go, yeah. right, okay. I slip less, 100% I slip less. Um, I'm conscious of it. And I think also, I think I know how to get back on it. Yeah. I know that one good, healthy, cooked meal can get me back on the wagon. One good workout where I go for it can get me back on the wagon. And I think before that could become weeks and weeks and weeks of eating crap. So, uh, with all your weight loss and stuff, has there been any side benefits that you weren't expecting? So I don't just mean like your clothes fitting better or uh, things like Just something that's happened where you've gone, oh, God, that's amazing, or anything like that you've happened? Uh, do you know, like, yeah, like massively, like my life is completely different to what it was two years ago. Like, completely different. Like, if you'd have said to me, we talked about, you know, walking into that room with all those fat guys and the smell uh, and thinking, ah, I'm a proper flat trap bully here because I'm <laughs> decent at football and I reckon these lads aren't. If you just said to me then, do you think your life will be any different in any way in two years' time? I would have said, nah, 
I'll, I'll be married because the wedding was booked. Yeah. Um, but my life is completely different, and it's going to sound dead like um, it's going to sound really uh, kind of cheesy. This, but in a way, the weight loss um, has given me not a purpose, but it's, it's made me realise after thirty. Seven, I think <laughs> after 37 years, I actually know finally what I want to do. Because when yeah. we talked about it, and it's a great segue, when we talked about it at the start of the podcast, and I wanted to be a secret agent, <laughs> or a digger man, yeah. and you were like, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do either. I like, genuinely, if you'd have asked me two years ago what you want to do, I don't know. Now, I have a goal, completely know what I want to do. I want to help as many men in this country and all over the world to realise that weight loss can change your life like it changed mine. It yeah. sounds really cheesy and really like... Doesn't at all, that sounds very poignant. No, it does. It massively does. And I think coming from a guy, um, I think we all can kind of have that same kind of conversation. We've probably all, all three of us have all approached it differently in some which way or aspects on how we've done it. We've got, everyone has their own battles. Um, and nothing is a, just a, a magic wand of here you go follow this and do this and you're going to be fine. It doesn't it doesn't work. Um, it's all about that. Well, to me, it was all about finding my own kind of route and everything like that. Yeah, and and, and the thing is as well with me is, uh, and I've always thought even in my lowest moments, I've always kind of had this thought that um, every every moment, every every um, difficult time in your life, and every good time in your life, every um, Every decision, good or bad, you make leads you up to this moment right now. It's, you know, being on this podcast, like it leads you up to the moment you're in. Yeah. So you know, I take all those bad decisions I made, and I've made quite a lot, <laughs> and I take them with me, and you learn from them, and it, you know, it leads me right up to where I am now. You wouldn't be the person you are today without your experiences, and yeah, bank. exactly. That's, what I was, that's how I kind of reel my life. To be I fair. just needed a direction. I just needed to find that direction, and you know what? I think if I hadn't have a hit that rock bottom, gone to that wedding and try try to yeah. find them pants. Like if I found them, if I'd have found them pants first time and not gone to five hours. Yeah, there was five five forties on the actual road. Yeah, ring exactly. Just like like up. how, you know, it's how that might not have led me to it to this this point of where of finding this direction, um, and you know, had I um, not had issues with food. Had I not carried the weight for so long, had I not um, had pretty crap self-esteem and mental health issues through being overweight, I probably wouldn't have been where I am now. And I look back and I don't want to call it fate or a plan or anything like that, but I look back and I think, actually, all that life experience has just made me realise what I want to do. And it moulded me into this point. Looking back on everything that you've gone through, um, who or what has been your biggest inspiration? Um, I have a loads of inspiration, loads of inspirational characters who you take little bits from. Um, one of the biggest inspirations is the guys in, you know, my guys at, at Manchester at OB City when I very first started. Like we talked before, you 100% Roman, the way Roman trains. Yeah, he's great. 100%, you know, I, I remember being in that, in that, 
that boot class in the morning at six o'clock in the morning, not massively wanting to be there because you're tired, and he's training like an absolute nutter, and you the same. Yeah. So look over one side, you'd be training like that, and he'd be training like that, and I'm thinking, oh, I better start training like that as well. You and my competition, Ross, and that. We yeah. did have some healthy competition, yeah, we did. didn't we? Well, that's so good because if you look at like my biggest portion of weight I lost, I lost pretty much in one season, and that was because Gary Davis who we will have on the podcast very soon, Gary Davis, um, we were going for that top spot and he was pushing me. I remember getting messages and it'd be like nine o'clock at night and he'd be out for a run and I'd yeah. turn at Tiff I've got to go. She'd be like, where are you going? Got to go for a run. Gary's going for a run. <laughs> Honestly. And then I'd be like, post for, oh, I'd better go for a run. Or yeah. I'd post it and then he'd go for a run. And that healthy competition is not just between your team and your other team, in your own your own team as well is really, really good. It really pushed me so far. So I take inspiration from, like I say, from you two guys, the way you train, like like I say, Gary, the way Gary really pushed me that, that one season. Um, and then, you know, I'm all about motivation and, and, and going on YouTube and finding motivational videos. And I'm with you last year. Inches. Yeah, inches. That was the one that, you know, you know trademark inches all those little things that you do in a day that add up to a loss over the course of a week that's what I that's what I took from you from that first season because remember that was the inches and it came out like a little silly motto didn't it and it's the just in case everyone doesn't really understand the way Stu put it to us was if you're going to you're going, going to go and park at a car park park at the furthest spot away and walk that's class as an inch you do those little tiny things and those inches make up bigger changes in your life yeah which kind of leads me to my next question Okay. Nice segue there. Yeah, um, it's a professional. Are you small? Are you? Are you say you're more of a, a small change person and lots of them, or large changes, or a mixture? I'm. I'm so I, I'll answer that. So I'm big goals, right? So I'm big goals. So that's that. That's what's your big goal? Let's think of what's your big goal. Where do you want to be? And not just about weight loss. Where do you want to be? So I'll, I'll ask these a lot to the guys I work really close with. Where do you want to be? And one of the one of the, the, the ones I get is, you know, I want to meet somebody. Or one of the ones, one of the guys like, I want to know what I do with bungee jump. And I can't do it because I'm too big. Yeah. And I was like, right, okay. How much you need to lose? Blah, blah, blah. It's quite a lot. Right, okay. So that's his big goal. So I'm like, these, these are important. So that, first and foremost, I always think is, is, is what you need to have clearly in your mind as far as a day to day all the small little goals that you have so try and get into the gym three times a week try and do your 10k steps try and eat as healthy as you possibly can try and eat more like when you get like, into the final details try and eat more protein try and eat less refined carbs and stuff like that I think once you start and I'm a big believer of habit so once these you do these things more and more and more and you start stacking them on top of each other, that then equates to a big change. You don't necessarily see the big change until you take a step back and go, that's a massive change that I've made, but I didn't realise that I was making it because it was only a little one thing that was changing. Oh, good. Thank you. Well, I'm kind of... I could, do you know what, I could talk to you for about the next three days, to be fair, oh, which me. we probably have done over beers many a time. Yes. Um, Indeed. <laughs> um, but I've got... A little quick fire kind of kind of question right, for you. Okay. No pausing, no nothing. Right. Okay. Some are stupid. Some are all right. Before you go into those, though, I've got I've got a couple of questions myself. Oh, there we go. I want to just ask the stupid because 
I know you're an avid cook, right? And some of the stuff you share on what's happened in the Manchester League and in the Salford League um, groups are bloody good that you do. What's the biggest meal alternative you've ever made? Where you've maybe taken one idea and gone and put your spin on it and gone, that's what it's taken to take 50 calories off it or whatever calories off it or, you know, do you know what, that's a really tasty dish. If you went out went out and had something, you'd go all out and it'd be 1,000 calories, but I'm going to make it 800 calories. Have you ever done anything like that? Yeah. Any, any meal that you enjoy can be made healthier. No, I won't use the word healthier. It can be made less calorific. So any meal that you enjoy can be made, that could be a lasagna, can be made less calorific. And it can be little things like getting lean mince. It can be like get the low, uh, reduced fat cheese. And you can knock 50 calories there, 50 calories there. Creme fraiche works rather well on a lasagna. There you are, creme fraiche, rather than bechamel sauce. So it's these little things that you can you can constantly do that actually, when you add them all up in the meal, make a big difference. However, portion control is really important. <laughs> so if you make a lasagna, and usually it would be like, I'll get four massive portions, try and do six. And then if, if you're still hungry, eat something else. If you feel as though you're full and you've drank enough water, and I know, bang that drum all the time. If you've drank enough water, you've ate something that was probably smaller portion than, than you would normally have, and you're still hungry, eat if you're not hungry and you're satisfied don't eat you just save yourself you know the same meal again by half in your portion that's the big one and then you can add things on top of that like buying non-stick frying pans you're not using the oil grilling stuff like we don't i don't think it's weird like people don't grill anything anymore like they they pan fry everything and like everyone's got a grill like people just use it for toast don't they like grill fish man It's, it's okay anything like that but yeah best thing you've cooked then the best thing I've cooked yeah. ever. No, I mean healthy. Dish. The best healthy thing. Um, the, the most healthiest thing that I've ever cooked. Do you know what? I'm, I'm mad into like Spanish food. So, and we it was it was um, it was when we had Nadine on Nadine Taylor who gave us some nutritional advice and some chefy advice on the podcast. And she was like, I was like, I'm mad on chorizo and I love it, but I know it's full of fat and it's full of calories. And she was like, literally, chop it as thinly as you can. Whatever oil is in it will spread around your dish and you'll get that chorizo flavour, but you've you've already taken a little bit on. So I do like a paella. It's not a paella because um, to call it a proper paella, it's got to be made in Valencia in Spain. I'm big on that because I was told off by you know the Spanish when I said this is a paella like no it's not uh, so it's like Spanish rice basically um, and yeah just cut the, the chorizo really fine and it, it, the chorizo flavour goes right throughout the dish but the calories are like hardly anything so yeah like a, like a Spanish rice nice prawns, chicken, chorizo yeah it's good right well over to you because I know you've and got the best like thing this. about the Spanish rice is as well it always tastes better the next day it does. Oh uh, yes, yeah. it does. Okay. Maybe so so you've got your lunch. Yeah, so I've got like a lunch the next day, and I eat, sometimes I eat cold as well. It's nice you know, cold. Just jumping on your question, my my one was spinach. Didn't realise like what you can do with spinach. It bulks out everything. If you're yeah. making a, a a prawn curry, throw a massive handful of spinach in. Yeah, yeah. it makes. I throw anyway. I throw spinach in pretty much every yeah. curry that I have because I know it won't alter the taste any much, and it's a bit of green. Isn't it? <laughs> I throw a frozen spinach from the supermarkets. 
Best best thing ever. Yeah, that's a big one actually. I like I would never ever ever buy frozen veg, and I've got into buying frozen veg, and it's it's saved me loads of money. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's probably better for you anyway than the yeah, than, like, than fresh. Like genuinely, so if someone said what you want it that you learned recently, like that would be like frozen veg is is amazing. Yeah. So a few questions then, just quick fire ones. Okay. Hit me with it. Favorite movie? Uh, Gladiator. Favorite album? Uh, Remus Fleetwood Mac. Chris or chocolate? Chocolate. Chips, salt then vinegar or vinegar then salt? Salt and vinegar, but loads of salt. Would you put salt first or vinegar first? Salt first. Excellent. That's what I am. Uh, best ever live goal you've seen, apart from my corner when I scored straight from it. Did you just go straight from my corner? Yeah, from my eleven. You never mentioned well. it. <laughs> the best live goal I've ever seen. Uh, Rooney against City. I was down at that end as well when he scored. The overhead kick. Yeah, the one that come off. Everyone said, "Who come off his shin?" My best shin I've ever seen. Best man v fat player. Who I've ever seen. Player, not like in, not weight loss player. The best man v fat player is uh, Rob Dixon. Yeah, yeah. we'll attest. I'll that. give you that definitely. Uh, if you could ask Alex Ferguson one question about how you, how you could improve man v fat, what would you what would you ask him? I would ask him, how do you uh, instill work ethic into your players? Nice, that's a quite a good, quite quick fire answer. You've, uh, you've do the work, do the work, that's what I keep saying. Last question, to wrap it all up, would you prefer, you've got to choose one, either win, <laughs> Liverpool win the league or United get relegated. <laughs> quick fire, <laughs> Stu. <laughs> This is Stuart Normasell, who is a hardcore uh, Manchester United fan. Do you know what? I'm going to say I'd rather see United get relegated because I reckon that would be an immense season in the Championship. <laughs> be great going away all the ground. It, it would be. Uh, and that's my quick fire quiz done. Cheers, mate. One of oh, one I missed actually. How'd you get out the Amazon? Uh, you go down to the river and follow it downstream, it takes you to the ocean. Yes, and that is how you get out of it, Amazon. I have got no idea. Do you know, I'm right, so I'm, I'm listening to an audio book at the moment, and it's a guy called, uh, this is going to sound like dead geeky, but it's a guy called Graham Hancock, and Graham Hancock is um, he's a professor, and he believes that there was a quite an advanced civilization prior to a great flood in the world, right? So like Atlantis, but not quite Atlantis. And he was talking about how they are mapping the Amazon. So they get these helicopters and they fly it over the deep, like the deepest, darkest parts of the Amazon and they fire lasers. And these lasers go down uh, and it basically maps what's underneath the trees. And there's like loads of like buildings and pyramids like deep in the heart of the Amazon. And all these buildings that have been there like millions of years and stuff. Um, and that's what they do now. So there, that's my fact about the Amazon. I don't know where to go with that. Check him out, Graham Hancock. To, one place to go with that, and that is um, thank you very much for listening. Um, Ross, it's been an absolute... <laughs> that's baffled you, are it? I, I'm still, I'm still confused. But, all right, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Check it. Check it out, Ross. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as a thank a, you as for a allowing me. Um, you've done pretty much all the hosting there, which. Uh, I am very thank you for you. Very good, isn't it? He is very, very he is good. Very good. I think I might be out of a job now. <laughs> Although it's probably me out of a job because you've got all the gear. <laughs> well, now you are coaching now, Stu, so wherever we need a podcast uh, presenter, we've got, we've got Ross. Again, we're going to see Ross. It's at um, the Ted campus. We're looking forward to seeing your teams. Also, anybody who wants to come along, see the football being played, 
and meet everybody that's going to be there. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic day. Um, I think it starts off, Stuart, what time does it start? I think you can register teams from uh, 8.30. 8.30, so doors So get down there, but like, if you see, obviously, I'm like coaching, so if you see you guys, Ross is going to be filling in, so if, if, you, if anyone sees the team going around with a microphone, jump on, tell us your story, tell us how much weight you've lost, tell us why you think man fat's good, tell us why you think man fat's bad, maybe we might have to edit that out. Uh, yeah, tell us if you fancy sure. yourself winning it. John, you know I was thinking it would be interesting on that one, he's asking maybe like say partners or a guest, if someone, if they're there, what the impact it's had on their life. We've have talked about that as a podcast, wags. haven't we, getting MB some wags, wags on us. Yeah. yeah, I think we need to actually really action that, because we've talked about that for a while, haven't we? We have, because it doesn't affect just us. It affects, yeah, yeah. it affects your wife, it affects your wife. have not got a girlfriend yet. So, <laughs> so um, no, but on a serious note, um, obviously we are going to have a lot more people on the podcast um, as we've got a fair few lined up, haven't we, Stu? Yeah, I've, I've basically, we've planned the podcast up until next year. So, yeah. Perfect. Okay, well, thanks for listening.